All right, so uh, what did we learn in yesterday's daf? So we started off talking about if you find a student who put someone else in cherem, excommunicated him, um, even if it was for only for his honor, for a slight to his honor, it is um, it works. And the proof to that is because the Brisa talks about the idea that when someone is menuda to the teacher, so then that works for the student. And um, but if it's minuda for the student, it's not minuda for the teacher. It doesn't have the effect on the teacher. The teacher is not bound to the student's um, to the student's um, whatever nitoi. And um, so, what are we talking about? If we're talking about the matters of heaven, then it's, let's say an affair that the person did something actual. So then, uh, that's something that should be binding on everybody. There is no wisdom. There's no understanding. There's no advice against God, everything, um, you know, so basically um, he would be, it would be binding. So it must be that he was only, the only thing this person did wrong was a slight to the honor of the student. And you see that it does have a good, it does, it does count because it just does, is not a need for the, for the teacher, but it is a need for the whole world. Now, Rabbi Yosef says if, uh, that a Tzorim Arbanan, in something that he's absolutely sure in, there's no doubt in his mind, he's able to claim and just say, you owe me money for this that you did to me, because he's so sure of it. He can just declare it. Now, we have here a very fascinating story. Um, there was a, a fellow who was apparently a rabbi, a very learned man, <coughs> who there was rumors about him of very inappropriate behavior. And they did not know what to do because they had respect for this this rabbi. But then again, there's all these rumors that are coming around. So if we put him in cherem, well, you can't do that because the rabbis need him. And um, thank you so much. If you put him in, uh, and if you don't put him in cherem, well, there's a chil Hashem to let it slide. So Rabbi Yochanan asked... Um, we do that thing, right? Only just on the rumor going on? It's not just a rumor. Okay, so it has to be something more than a rumor. It's a cold... We'll see more about it in today's daf, but it's, it's a cold de pasuk, which means that there's a continual... Okay, It's a continual type of thing. Irrefutable. Okay. Amen. Amen. All right, anyway... So, um, so basically, he said, "Did you hear anything?" He asked Rabbi, Rabbi Barbarchan if you heard anything. So he said, "Look, this is what Rabbi Yochanan says that when the pasuk says Kisif Sekon Yishmur Das Tori Vakshom Ipiu Ki Malach Hashem Tzvav Kolsu, it means that the person who you should look to teach you Torah should be somebody who's Doma Lamalach. If he's not Doma Lamalach, then it's not fitting to be to teach Torah." And uh, basically, this person who's clearly not behaving, behaving very far from a malach, that's not somebody you should seek Torah from. And therefore, on that basis, Rav Yudah put him in Cherem. What happened? It's scary, but Rav Yudah himself, the person who issued the Cherem, um, got ill. He got sick. And, um, and then the rabbis came to visit him. And uh, the rabbis were, you know, visiting the sick. And amongst the rabbis that visited was this person who he had put in cherem. So when Rav Yudah saw him, he started smiling. So he didn't appreciate 
he thought that he was laughing at him. And he said, well, it's bad enough that you put me in cherem, now you want to, then you're laughing at me? So he's like, no, 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 I'm not laughing at you. I'm just smiling on the fact that when I, when I go to the world to come, I can be very rest assured that I'm very, I'm very proud of the fact that I wasn't um, uh, too, too afraid to... I wasn't intimidated. I wasn't intimidated by your stature of being such an important rabbi, <laughs> and I did the right thing regardless. <laughs> uh, that, that's something that stands in my, that my thing. Anyway, sure enough, Review does then dies. Okay. Are we supposed to understand a connection between him getting sick and putting? Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. He's doing the right thing. Why is he being punished? It's not. It's not so because it's some. It's the right thing, but sometimes even the right thing has a negative has consequences. But couldn't they remove his you know, I guess it's it looks at me like it's, it's the rest of the Rabbanim did not shamit <coughs> him at all because they all come together with him together. It's a different rest so of the was part of the this was a, this was this was a I don't know exactly what level this was. It was a personal thing. It wasn't. It didn't. Well, don't forget. The, 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 I guess the most big example of someone who's in midway was Rabbi Eliezer, and right. the Kibbi so so is the one with Right. So. Okay. I mean, it's not. Uh, it's not. It's, there's. There's. It was. It was that. It was not a. Whatever it was, it was. It was a limited type of one. But okay. uh, the point being is, um, that's the. Uh, that that was the that was the statement. Okay, basically, so reviewed the dice, and then this rabbi went to the rabbis, and he said, okay, he's dead. Now I want you to release me from the cherem that he put me in. And they said, look, we can't do that. We don't have anybody on the same stature as, as Rav Yehuda. He was our greatest, so we can't undo what he did. So they said, you know, if you want to go to somebody great, you have to go to Rav Yehuda and Nisiya and Eretz Yisrael. He's somebody who's on a higher stature, and I'm going to leave it to him. So that's what he did. He went. To, he went there. Yeah, this was all Rav Yudas in Bavel. This whole event obviously took place in Bavel. You know, I don't know if you noticed. We we don't know his name. He didn't. Yeah, yeah, whatever. We, oh. we have no idea who it is. We don't know his name. He's not okay. saying right. We're keeping that silent. Because we don't want to. Right, right. But who knows? It could be that. Could be somebody. I have no idea. <laughs> Could be okay. some, yeah. Could be so if you would say the name. It could, have been, it could have been one of these people whose name pops up every so often, you know, frequently. You know, could right? You have no idea. We have no idea who it was. Okay. Right. Because we needed it. I had some Torah to contribute. But you said this. Whatever we can do. The fact that he hasn't protested means he's, he admits his, his guilt. Why would they? Why would he? Ask I don't know. From, uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. We'll see. We'll see the guilt level. We'll see. Anyway, but sure enough, um, he went to Rabbi Yudinusia. Rabbi Yudinusia had his student, Rav Ami, look into the case. And Rav Ami was just about ready to, you know, look after, after looking into the whole situation, was ready to release him. And then all of a sudden, Rav Shmuel Bar walks in to the basementers and he says, what, you can release him? You know, the maidservant of Rabbi had uh, put, a, put someone on a, in a, in a, in a harem, and they respected her. She's a maidservant of Rabbi. 
and they, respe- they, re- they respected what she said for three years. And here, you can just go ahead and disregard, review this thing. Uh, our friend reviewed the Kal Vachomer, we should keep it and recognize it. So what happened? Rabami realized that this person, this Rav Shmuel, who has, has not been in Beis Medrash for years, okay? He came out of the blue. If that's, <laughs> the fact that he came today to protest indicates that it's Min HaShemayim, that we should not release him. So that is what they did. They basically didn't release him. The poor guy, if I could say that, he left crying. And uh, soon after, he was bit by a bee on that body part that's in question. And he died from it. So which indicates that there was something very real um, that he was guilty of. Okay. Now, what? That's the same test that the, the, the church used to make. Put you in fire and you survive, then you're okay. Yeah, Otherwise, you don't. Nobody did a anything. A bee bit him. Bee bit because the bee did it. I mean, they didn't put him in a bee. Otherwise, he wouldn't survive. Yeah. Well, nobody, nobody. It just happened to be. Bee came. <laughs> Where does that come from? But it sounds like. Well, you saw like you From reading that <laughs> stuff, the, the bee really did the stuff that he wanted to do. Because he did it. The bee pit him, bit him in a, in a specific area. That's right. And That's he, a very unusual place to get a bee bite. Him. I'm just saying. And that killed him. It's that not a good him. sign to so get a bee bite over there. Maybe that's what the going around there, okay? Rabbi, what's Rabbi Zaira have to do with all this? Rabbi Zaira is the one who talks to the group. Where are you reading? Where my Rabbi Zaira said to the elders, how do we explain what has happened before us? Just as today, this elder Rabbi Shmuel. Yeah, Rabbi Zira. Rabbi Zira. Rabbi Zira. An interesting person. Yeah, Rabbi Zira was the one who declared that the fact that Rav Shmuel Bar Chameni showed up now is not is is wild. It's another sign. But it's another thing, sign, exactly. Rabbi Zira was a Talmud of Rabbi Yehuda in Babel, and he wanted to go to Israel. Rabbi Yehuda said, "No, you can't go. It's also to leave Babel." Right, but he was there in the same business and he said that the fact that this rabbi shows up out of the blue to make a protest means something. Uh-huh. Anyway, okay. sure enough, this rabbi dies and they tried burying him in the cave, there was a cave of the Chalukas, you know, they have these uh, special areas where very holy people are buried. And they tried burying the rabbi, one of them, in the one where the Hasidim are. And there was a snake blocking the path, didn't let him in. Then he did it in the one of the judges, and he was let in to be buried amongst the great judges. Which is interesting. He was on a, some, definitely some knowledge. They accepted his knowledge. That's they accepted something. It wasn't like completely bad, it was somewhere in between. Anyway, sure enough, why was it that he was acceptable? Maybe he should be buried with the, you know, with the people, with the sinners. The answer is, is that uh, although he did do something wrong, he followed a technical system of how to deal with something with your Yetzirah. Which is, Rebbe says that if somebody, you know, uh, somebody finds that he just has such a desire that he cannot control, what is he to do? So he says he needs to go to a place where they don't know who he is, he dresses in black, he wraps himself in black, and then he does what he wants to do. And this is a way of avoiding Achilu Hashem, Bifarhesia, and open Chal Hashem. So he still does it, but not in Fahesia. <laughs> <laughs> huh? He still does it, but not in Fahesia. 
What? Yeah. yeah. That's what it sounds like. Right. This way, it's that, that, that's so. So okay. that's what this rabbi did. He was following okay. the law technically. Okay. So in effect, they're saying it's okay. Yeah. No. What? Rabbi? Not okay. But just do it in public. Well, if, 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 yeah. Nobody's so, saying it's okay. It's the lesser, real. It's right. a lesser of two evils. Okay. Right. You're trying to minimize the evil. That's all. Minimize it. But. The first of all, the, the, with the real shot, what Revelay was trying to say is that by the time you dress in black and by the time you wrap yourself in black and then you see what you're about to it's do to yourself, that'll over, that will help you overcome your, your Yetzirah. Your okay. Anyway, sure enough, we want to know what this... Okay, so you mentioned the story of the maidservant of Rebbe. What was the story? Very interesting. She saw a man hitting his child who was an adult over Bar Mitzvah. And she said that person should be put in a shamta, okay? Um, because he's over on Lifni Iver, Lisita Mitchell. Because beating up your child, that's an adult who can fight back, uh, you're making a stumbling block that he's going to hit you back. And a son that hits a father causes bloodshed is Chayv Misa. It's a very, very serious thing. And you're setting him up for that. Because what do you think? It's natural for a son to want to defend himself, and you're creating a big problem. Um, Rish Lakish, okay, anyway, that's the story. One, so we have a few other stories. Rish Lakish was, was guarding a, an orchard. person came and was uh, eating some of the figs. And uh, he started yelling, Rish Lakish, no, get out of here, what are you doing? And the guy just ignored him and he was helping himself. So Rish Lakish said on him, oh, you should be in a shamta. And then he said, no, you should be in the Shamta. What if I was Chayv money? Who says I'm Chayv Anitoy? You had no right to put me in that level. Um, so Reish Lakish, whatever, he's taking it back. He went to the base measures. And uh, they said, he's right. You had no right to put a Nidu on him. And for putting a Nidu on him, he was right to declare that you should be a Nidu. You don't just do that frivolously, frivolously. So what do I do? I have to go back to him to get, to get him to free me of it. He had no idea who this thief was. So, go to the Nasi. That's the catch-all. And he went to the Nasi. And uh, that's what to, to remove the Nidoi. Now, Rav Huna was, says in Usha, they established the Tabez and that misbehaves. They don't do a Nidoi. So, it's like that. We think took away this system of putting a person in that state. Um, rather... Um, you go to the, the, rather what you should do is you just tell him to stay in his house. You try to avoid at all costs actually putting an open media on him. You talk privately to minimize the, again, minimize the Chil Hashem as much as possible. And that's not like Rish Lakish who says uh, that if the Tamil Chacha misbehaves, does some wrong things, uh, you don't do it publicly, but... Um, but uh, you should hide it like the night and do it privately. If he, if he does it again, keeps doing his bad behavior, you arm it out of him. You would, right? The first opinion says that once, but if a guy continues after you try the first time, then you're gonna have to do it because it's chil Hashem. But according to Rish Lakish, it should always be done at night, like not done publicly. Marzuch Chasida, when a rabbi was chayiv shamta. He first put himself in the same state, then he would issue it on the person. Then when he made, went back to his host, he would remove it from himself and then remove it from the other person as well. Just to show that he's, you know, recognizing and taking with the tremendous severity what he's doing. Okay. What's the idea? Why would he put himself in 
for putting like for putting the, uh, somebody of such stature in cheirim. Huh? It's the point. That's what I'm driving at. That it's not. It's very not simple. That's what happened to Rav Yehuda. Ah. Oh, so he's trying to avoid the. <laughs> and it's like saying right. So that's the right vaccinating <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> And uh, that's what Rav says, that a Tamachacham can be menada for himself and can be mefer for himself. And uh, Rav Papa said, you know, I deserve some, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that I never did that ever to any rabbinic student or rabbinic scholar. I never put him with him. Oh, what, what if he's chayiv? What do you, if you need to, what do you do? So he said, I'd rather give lashes when it's needed than put a chayim. That's much worse. Okay, what does the word shamta mean? So, what, two versions. Rav, uh, Rav says it's like a curse. That's sham means that there should be death. Shmuel says it's shmama yeh, should be destroyed. Um, and it's, and it's ir, irremovable, is the, is the first view. That's not like Rishlakish, who says that it is removable. And he derives it from a very interesting numerical gematria. So, what does he say? He says that the word cherem enters into the body in the 248 limbs, and that's the numerical value of the word cherem. Ches, resh, mem is 248. Um, but uh, and, but when, when the person, if you want to remove it, so spirok is rachem tiskar, the word rachem is exactly the same numerical value as cherem, it's the same letters even, and that's the removal, it removes out also out of the 248 limbs, meaning it goes in and it can be completely removed. Now, um, uh, one time, the story goes, where Yosef put a cherim on the tail of a donkey, of a dog, rather, um, and, um, and the dog does the rest, okay? The tail does the rest. What's the story? There was a dog that was specifically... Chewing only on rabbinic shoes, okay? He checked the person's <laughs> nicha. <laughs> okay, whatever. Anyway, he was very particular which shoes. Which are your shoes? Right, which shoes, right. I don't know. Uh, that's a very interesting thing. How do you know that? How did he... Well, Jews had their, the, the cobbles of the nails in the bottom of the feet different the claim, so you could tell that at least. Yeah, but Jews, but maybe the, but the rabbis, I don't know, okay. he, I don't know who tested the smicha, anyway. Um, and they had no idea which dog it was. It was, it was a pretty sneaky dog. So they put the dog in harem, and then the tail of the dog got lit on fire and he died. Now, there was a story about a, like a mafia guy who was really being terribly mean to this certain rabbinical student, and uh, so the student came to Rafael and said, what do I do? He says, oh, he should be put in do the issue of shamta against him. He says, I'm scared. This guy's a tough guy. So he says, okay, just write it up. You know, write it up. That'll mm-hmm. be more, get, you know, more dangerous. So he says, here's what you do. Take it. Um, you write it. Put it in a jug. And you, and you make the and you go to a place where nobody is in a cemetery. And you declare it. And that's what he did. And it was a very long-winded thing for 40 days. And um, blue chauffeur, etc. It's a whole process. It's a very... Very creepy process. If you ever seen a cherem, um, it, it's like really scary what they're doing. What? They're blowing shofar and whatever. Did they make, I know. I've never seen it live, but I've seen a video. But you heard about it being? I done. heard it being done. You know, like they, 
don't know, did it to Saddam Hussein or something like that. Whatever. Saddam Hussein. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, they, they're right. They, you know, like just the curse, like whatever. Anyway, they were trying to do something. I don't know, I, by the Scud War, I think it was a thing. Anyway, sure enough, they did get caught eventually. Okay, whatever. Anyway, um, so basically, um, and uh, after 40 days, the, the jug burst and the man died. Now, um, the chauffeur is like, pays back or punishes, and the, sh- the shuvarim, which is the tavra, that's like breaking the big houses. Um, and uh, what happens whenever the Chachamim do this type of thing, it either causes the person to die or to lose his wealth. And that is the end of that. And then we saw, um, whatever, this review is taking a very long time. Okay, then we saw that um, a Nazir and a Matorah from where they come, they can get haircuts when they remove the, when they come, come to our. So Rabbi Yermia said, um, uh, asked Rabbi Zera, uh, is that when there's no time, or even when there's, uh, uh, even when there's time, since they're coming out of the toma, maybe it's okay. So we learned that actually everything, it's when there was no chance for them to do it. But a Nazar Mitzvah that came out of their impurity to purity, even if there was time, um, they have an excuse. And the reason why is because there's time, but they have other things that they have to do instead of haircuts, which is they have to bring their karbanas. That's a pressure. Um, so then they had to get their karbanas in before Yamtif, that's why there was no option. Now the coin and the Avel is motor uh, what's the case of the Avel? If the eighth day, meaning the day after Shiva, is Erev HaRegel, so then he should take care of on Erev Yamtif. And uh, so the eighth day was on uh, Shabbos, Erev HaRegel, meaning it was a Shabbos before, so he couldn't do it on the eighth day. So then... He would have a right to do it Arab Shabbos, which is the, the same day as the Shiva, because it goes like partial day, and then you can take a haircut afterwards. Um, so uh, the, the right and the Chacham agreed Abishol that when the Eighth Day comes out on a Shabbos Erev Regal, they could get a haircut on the Arab Shabbos beforehand, even though it's only day seven. So the Gemara says no, the day seven came out on Shabbos Erev So one Tana says is that it's like Abishol. Um, who says mixes yom kikulo, and then really he did have an opportunity, but it was that Shabbat, so he couldn't. So therefore, he gets a haircut. And the other Tana holds is that uh, is that uh, you don't say mixes yom kikulo, you don't say partial days count, and therefore he never really finished his avelos till the yomtiv. Um, it wasn't like it ended on Shabbos whatever yomtiv, and therefore, um, and therefore, basically, it's it, he doesn't get the hatter because he didn't. It wasn't over before Yomtiv. Now the question is, okay, what's the case of the Kohen? If his mishmar was finished erev haregel, he should have gotten near cut erev haregel. So talking about it finished on the holiday. Artana says that since um, every Kohen family is on duty on the holidays, so maybe it's like he's still on duty. And the other opinion says, no, you you have connection. I mean, it's not like you're truly on duty, and that's the difference. Okay. Um, next, we saw that if you're allowed to get haircuts, you're also allowed. Uh, you're also allowed The same basis works for avelus to to get haircuts or avelus. Problem is, the price says that it's not allowed, so it's machlokas. So the one says, "You're right. We're talking about where it's multiple avelus, one after another, and therefore it was a big." That's the story. Now, if that's the case, why? why um, <coughs> 
Um, why do you need anything? You can just get a haircut anyway. Anytime there's multiple availas, you're allowed to you know, cut your hair and you're allowed to do your laundry. So the Gemara says, not true. You can cut your hair, but only with a razor. You can't use the proper scissors. You can't cut them the normal way. You just lighten your hair so it's not a proper haircut. And the laundry that you're doing, you're washing your clothes just in water, no detergent. Um, so, uh, so it's only getting a little bit cleaner. All right, anyway, which teaches us, of course, that an oval is also to, to launder his clothes. And the last thing we talked about, what about nail cutting? So we saw that uh, just like it's also to get haircuts on a holiday, you're also not allowed to cut your nails, according to Rabbi Yehuda. But Rabbi Yossi says he can't. And uh, just like an Avel cannot get haircuts he, during the time of his Avel, he also can't cut his nails. And that's Rabbi Yehuda Shita, Rabbi Yossi says he can't. What's the Psaq Alacha? Ula says that Alacha follows Rabbi Yehuda Ba'avelus, who are more strict and they don't cut their fingernails. And Alacha follows Rabbi Yossi um, when it comes to Chol that you do get haircuts. And Shmuel disagrees. He says that he, we always pass on Rabbi Yossi here, um, even on the holiday, even by Avelis, because Shmuel's Shita is, and when it comes to Avelis, when it comes to mourning, uh, you go after the more lenient opinion, and Rabbi Yossi is more lenient, and that is yesterday's stuff. So